This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to UBS Global Research Pod Hub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's market. My name is Katie Lavin, and in this episode, we're going to be taking a high-level look at ESG scores and ratings. I'm joined by Vicky Kalb, the head of EMEA ESG Research. Vicky, ESG is capturing the media headlines. Could you start by explaining why ESG scores and ratings are so widely discussed right now? Thanks, Katie. The scores and ratings are a topic of frequent discussion because, unfortunately, there's simply not a lot of data or detail or even agreement out there on how to, in quotation marks, measure ESG. So investors often refer to the the ESG ratings agencies because it is something concrete that can be used and is also well understood. And also for certain types of investors that don't necessarily have the ability to run massive data sets or do in-depth analysis on a very large range of companies or a large number of companies that might be in the portfolio, the ESG third-party data and ratings providers do provide a solution there. Can we take a step back then and look at why investors care about a score or rating? Sure. We typically refer to three key reasons why investors are looking at ESG in general. And then, of course, this then translates into how do you analyze ESG, which comes to the scoring. But in terms of why people or why the market or why investors are so focused on ESG at the moment is typically, we think, down to three key reasons. The first of those is what we refer to as investment risk where ESG considerations are moving share prices. The second risk we refer to is business risk. And what we mean by that is that asset allocators are allocating against ESG processes. So you run the risk of losing mandates if you do not have an ESG process that is considered acceptable by the particular asset allocator or whoever might be looking at that at that point in time. The third risk that we refer to is around regulation. And we know that particularly in Europe, regulators are focusing on ESG. There is a lot of new regulation coming into effect where investors have to take this into consideration. They have to comply. And you also see this moving in other directions in other jurisdictions. So it's being discussed in the US. It's also happening in APAC, where we're seeing the Hong Kong regulator, the Singaporean regulator, and the Chinese regulator bringing sustainable finance regulations into play. And it's for those three key reasons that we think are driving the momentum behind ESG. And back to your question, Katie, why do people care so much about ESG at the moment? That sounds like a huge challenge for companies and investors alike. So what information is available to investors? There is a very wide set of data or information that's available. Not all of it's comparable. There's also a lot of questions out there about what is truly usable if you're talking about ESG data. So again, if you go back to your original question around why are the scores being used or or why have scores become important, again, it's an 
easily understandable set of criteria that people are looking to. However, we actually take a different approach. We don't actually use the third-party data providers at all. And the way that we try and deal with ESG information or ESG considerations is slightly different. And what we do is we work with our sector analysts to try and narrow down within a particular sector what are the key ESG considerations that are going to affect that sector? What are the key ESG considerations that will affect the competitive landscape? And that is how we try and deal with the fact that the data is not consistent, it can sometimes be difficult to get hold of, or you may have difficulties interpreting it. There's all sorts of issues around in the very broad space of ESG data. And again, what we're trying to do is narrow down the focus. We're trying to look at what is relevant. We're trying to look at what is going to move the competitive landscape. And again, the way that we do that is by using our sector analysts because they really know these sectors. They know the companies. They know what's out there. They know how the companies might react and things like that. That's effectively how we're looking at the broader landscape of ESG data. That sounds like a very well-rounded approach. And I know some investors are still focusing on trying to attribute a number or a score to the ESG credentials of a company. Why is it so difficult to compare and contrast the ESG score or credentials of a company or organization? The first thing I would say in answering that question is you have to start with the fact that there's no widely accepted definition of what ESG is. So if you think about it, the different ESG credentials or different ESG characteristics mean different things to different people. Everyone's trying to solve for a different thing when we're talking about ESG. And that's one of the reasons why we actually don't say there's good or bad ESG, largely because we don't think such a thing has been defined. So I think it's that question around definition and it's a very, very broad space. I mean, if you think about it, you're talking about everything from treatment of workers or wages on the one hand to water pollution and discharge on the other hand and everything in between. So I think that's the starting point as to why this is so difficult to narrow down. And the other thing I would say that we discuss frequently is this is not a simple sector. These are not the simple issues. If climate change was simple, it would have been solved by now. We often bring in experts who say that there is a danger in trying to oversimplify in order to get consistent measurement criteria or, as you said, credentials. So that's another thing I think to bring into the mix to say that, again, recognize these are complicated issues and don't try to oversimplify them in order to put them into a neat, coherent classification or categorization. So if you're looking for a simple solution, then attributing a number or a score probably isn't the best plan. We would struggle with it. And again, that's why we go back to the slightly more complicated or more comprehensive approach that we deal with. And I would say that some of the feedback we get from investors around the scores is exactly what you just said, that when you try and boil all of this down to one particular number or one particular issue, you effectively end up with a lot of noise. And it's difficult to unpick 
what that one particular number is telling you because it's hiding a lot of information and you won't have a clear idea in some cases as to whether you know this specific aspect over here or that specific aspect over there is the really important thing to be focusing on. Brilliant. Well, thank you for clarifying this clearly complex problem. And thank you for visiting the UBS Research Pod Hub. That was an introduction and overview of ESG scores and ratings with me, Katie Lavin, and Vicky Kalb, Head of EMEA ESG Research. Tune in again for more investment insights. This content has been prepared by UBS AG, its subsidiaries, and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content. It has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regulatory, or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2021. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.